0: Welcome back. Here we go. Golf Underground on ESPN Radio, 1510 AM on the on the AM dial, 94.5 on the FM dial. Uh, Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth. Uh, we have a great guest on the show today. We we spent some time down in Austin last last couple weeks. Uh, had some fin- fantastic guests. And uh, and guess what? It's Masters Monday. So again, uh, our guest is is. Fantastic! One of the one of the greatest sports icons of all time here in Kansas City, and um, and we really appreciate you coming on the show, Mr. Tom Watson.
1: Glad to be here, Kevin.
2: So, with the uh, totally unnecessary formal introduction, we're talking to <laughs> Mr. Tom Watson, eight-time major champion uh, here from Kansas City. Went to school at Pembroke Hill, went to Stanford where he was a psych major. Talk about a leg up on the competition there. <laughs> Turned professional in 1971, 70 professional worldwide golf wins, including two green jackets at the Masters, the famous U.S. Open victory at Pebble, and five British Opens. Uh, The 39 PGA Tour victories places him 11th all-time on the wins list, including, well, in addition to another 14 PGA Champions Tour wins. He led the PGA Tour money list five times, And was the player of the year six times. Blessed to have him on the show for Masters Monday.
0: So so Tom, I'm gonna dive right in. I I can't help but not bring up right away the uh, the par three triumph last year. And and (laughs) and if you're looking forward to defending your title.
1: Yeah, that's my eighth my ninth major. And now I'm, uh, yeah it'll be fun. I'm going, I'll be playing with uh, Jack Nicholson, very Player again this year. We'll be at about you know, 3 o'clock, and we'll have a great time. It's, it's a blast doing that because there's so many people out there just um, looking for holes in one. It's amazing how many holes in one uh, are made in the par three. They're, you know, they're not very long shots, and they put the flag sticks in places where you can back the ball back up into the flag. You have two shots making a hole in one. I think one year, I want to say they had seven holes in one during the par three, and so you know people, you know, they fully expect to see an ace uh, in, in the par three. That's one of the that's, that's one of the exciting things. You know, people people go there. Yeah. I'd
2: say the par three course is set up for entertainment.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the, especially in the last hole, the ninth hole, you, know, you got water, but you, you have a big back slope there, then, and and uh, the ball hits in the back slope, and slowly trickles back toward the hole. and and uh, the crowd gets into it, and you have a long time to uh, to may, think it may go in the hole. And that's that's the fun part about it. Everybody can watch it go in the hole.
2: As cool as it was from our chairs to watch you win it last year, you got to have a front row seat to one of the coolest shots I've ever seen in real time of Jack's grandson making that hole-in-one on number nine.
1: Yeah, he he, he was in his caddy boots. And he, he made that – he had a shot up to the right over there, player – said that as a chance, and he uh, started trickling back toward the hole, and, and sure enough, it went in and high fives it, and Jack said that's the most exciting time he's ever been on a golf course, watching his, his grandson make a hole in the
0: that's so neat. Well, we, hope, we wish you nothing but the best uh, the, this Wednesday and hopefully, uh, hopefully you can get yourself a, a, another major. So, um, <laughs> so so, tell the listeners before we, because clearly they want to hear all the, all the stories, um, but talk, talk a little bit about wh- where you've been spending time. I know you've been spending some time down in Weatherford, Texas and, and kind where of you, where you've been spending your time lately.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I've been um, living in use. My, my wife has cancer, and we're, we're going through the treatment process down here, trying to, to beat that uh, that awful disease. And uh, so far, so good. And uh, in, in between, we're, uh, you know, we're up in weather for Texas. Uh, you know, uh, riding some horses. I'm I'm trying to learn to be a a cutter. It's you know, called a cut. You know, it's a, it's called cutting horses. And um, I'm I'm a rank amateur, I can tell you that. But uh I'm starting to learn how doing it a little bit better, and I'm competitive by nature, so it's it's it's, uh, it's something is completely new path in my life. Uh, but uh, uh, and I can tell you, being on the back of a horse when it uh, turns 180 degrees in a nanosecond, because the cow that it's following does the same thing, and it's trying to prevent that cow from getting back into the herd behind you. That is a rush that uh, you, know, you, you know. I wish everybody could experience that.
0: Yeah, that sound that sounds awesome. Well, what, I know you've always had great passions and hobbies off the course, and so kudos to you for continuing continuing that. Talk a little bit about how much you've been playing. I think you've had one start over there in Hawaii this year, and I, I think I read that you finished tenth or so. So obviously, when you're you still have it. Um, so talk a little bit about your game right now.
1: Well, I'm playing. Uh, you know, I'm playing this next month uh, three times. Well, actually, this month in April. It is April Fool's Day. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm playing uh, three tournaments, uh, starting with uh, the uh, Mississippi Electric in Atlanta at uh, Sugarloaf, and then uh, with my great buddy the following week Andy North, uh, down in Branson, close to home. And uh, we play as a team down there. We're playing the new Crenshaw car course down there, which I'm very much looking forward to playing. I really admire the way they the way Ben and, and Bill Coor. Design and and, and and do their golf courses, and then the following week I'll be here in Houston playing at the Woodlands and uh, in, in uh the uh, Sperry, excuse me, the uh, uh, uh PGA Tour champs. I still can't get that out. PGA <laughs> Tour champs. It's well, the Senior Tour. Hello <laughs> P-
0: PGA Tour Champions. yeah, we were we were botching. we were at the Dell a couple of weeks back, and we were botching the name of uh, the Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. So we finally got it at the end, but it was a, it was a mouthful.
2: The one that I've struggled the most with is now you, you don't have holes anymore. they're all tied.
0: Right. Oh yeah, that's the that's the new rule change. You're jumping the you're jumping the boat, Jordo, because that's what we're going to talk about rules here in a minute. So so Tom, talk a little bit about some of the charitable initiatives. You know, you've been such a great steward uh, here in Kansas City and, and across the country slash world. Talk a little bit about what you have going on in your chair in the charity world right now, um, and, and kind of what's going on there.
1: Well, I, I'm involved in uh, a lot of different areas, but uh, this is part of. A- uh, you know what I, what I feel is what you do is uh, is helping those people that need help and uh, uh, you know I can use my uh, uh, my celebrity if you will to to help generate uh, interest and enthusiasm and people to come out and and play golf or listen to me speak uh, for a variety of things from uh, any you know from uh, Children's Mercy Hospital to uh, uh, to you know, suicide prevention, to ALS, you know, damn disease that killed my caddy Bruce Edwards, to alcoholism, to helping the wounded vets, uh, you know, all kinds of different things that uh, uh, I can help out with, and I'm glad to do it.
2: Well, I, uh, big kudos to you for for number one supporting so many worthy causes, and, and as you said, putting that that celebrity to to such good use.
0: I had a uh, I had lunch today, oddly enough, with a guy uh, J.R. Riley, and he mentioned he played with you. He bought one of the packages through Welcome yeah. House, <laughs> uh-huh. and he was telling me that in the, they're getting a nice number, you know, forty forty grand a guy, I think it was, or roughly. And so, congrats for you. I know you get the requests for everything in in your time, and so and so. Thanks for thanks for all you do for the game.
1: Well, I'm glad to help out.
0: So fast forward or rewinding the clock a little bit back, we want to dive in to kind of the the '09 British and and kind of what that near triumph was like for you, and just kind of hear it in the in the from the mouth of of Tom
1: Watson. Well, I hope you have a few minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got more time um, than you.
1: <laughs> I've, 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 I've told the story quite a, quite often, and it has, a, it has a real wonderful outcome to it in a sense. Uh, But when I went over there, uh, I was really playing my best golf, but I was putting terribly. And then, uh, you know, playing the first practice round, I just hit the ball great and just couldn't make a putt. I was mishitting the putts, uh, trying different strokes and here and there, and nothing was working. And Tuesday I go out, and uh, on the first hole I had a great shot in the strong south wind and and uh, hit it about eight feet. I left the putt about a foot short and to the right about six or seven inches. It was the worst putt I ever hit. And I just said, "The heck with this, I'm going to try something outside the box. So instead of going back closed to open, I I opened the putter head and closed it in, in fact. And, and lo and behold, the ball started rolling really true. And, and uh, I worked on that, uh, the rest of that round, the next practice round. And Wednesday night I was going to you know, in bed with Hillary, and I said, you know, hey, I can win this tournament. She goes, huh? <laughs> and uh, I said, I, I can win this tournament. There were three reasons that I, I really felt that way. First of all, I, had, I had, this was my sixth time I played in a major championship at Turnberry. Wow. And literally nine, 95% of the players who were playing there in that Open Championship had never played the golf course. Number two, the wins... Which were consistently blown from the south in the practice rounds were due to change on Friday and blow hard from the northwest. And I have played that course a number of times with that hard, hard northwest wind. Uh, and, you know, and number three, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, I just had that gut feeling that uh, you know this, this is the time that uh, you know age didn't make a difference. It, it had no difference at all. I was prepared. You know, I was ready to go. My putting was good. And uh, uh, I had a game plan that uh, uh, nearly worked out. And uh, I got off to a good start uh, with, with, what, 66? I think, the first round, and I was tied for the lead in the second round. Third round, I was in the lead. And, um, uh, you know, things were uh, things were, were progressing right along where, I, was, where I, I, I thought about it at the beginning of the week. But, yeah, I could be there at the end. Um, and. Or, you know, on Sunday's round, I got off to a bad start, but I, I pulled it back together and, and uh, made birdies on the holes where you sh- should make birdies. And uh, The other guys couldn't, you know, they, they screwed up at number 15, which is a very easy hole to screw up on, and a par three. And a, I knew how to kind of play that hole, from experience going down. Everybody was knocking it over that green into the bunker, and failing to get it up and down. Uh, I tried to land it short of the green, which I did, and it rolled up there nicely and made an easy par. Um, so that was one of the things that I knew about the golf course that gave me the advantage. Um, and then you know, coming to the 18th hole, I, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, I, I hit a perfect tee shot there with a hybrid, and I hit the uh, 187 yards. I hit an eight iron, and I tried to land the eight iron right on the very front left of the green, uh, just over this mound, and I did. But it, it got a hard bounce, went over the green, and I. I, uh, I chose to putt it rather than chip it. You know, the ball was kind of sitting sitting down in a, a cuppy lie. And I uh, decided to go ahead and putt it. And uh, and, and I, I put it about eight feet past, ten feet past, and hit a lousy putt. You know, it was uh, uh, it was disappointing going to the playoffs. I hit one good shot, and that was the drive in the playoffs. That was it. Um, and the first, on the first hole, on the first. And uh, Stuart Sink—he had—he had ever shot well in the playoff, and and did what he had to do to win. But anyway, so, the aftermath—I uh, go in the press tent, and they—they um, you know, they announced my name. And, uh, it, it was like slow motion. Nobody wanted to come and sit and ask any questions. <laughs> it was—they <laughs> was, were stuck. They—they just—you know—they were moping coming in there. Nobody was hurrying. It was just oh gee. Well, And I, I said finally to him, I said, come on, man, come on, everybody, this ain't, this ain't a funeral, let's get it over with, let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> so he did that, and then uh, I came out, did all the other TV and radio, and walked to the long faces of my wife, and Andy North, he was at the 18th Greenfield uh, uh, for uh, ESPN. And uh, then we go up to the room, and we prepare for dinner, we're getting dressed, and the phone rings, and Hillary's phone rings. And she says, hey, hi, Babs. I says, yeah, okay, just a second. She hands me the phone and says, Jack wants to talk to you. The Babs is Barbara Nicholas. Uh, and Jack gets on the phone and says, Tom, I did something today I've never done before. I said, what's that, Jack? I said, I watched the tournament from the very first hole to the last part last part of the playoffs. I said, you won the tournament. I said, Jack, I didn't win the tournament. Come on. Said, no, you beat everybody. And I said, No, he yeah, you know, he wouldn't take no fans and I wouldn't take no fans. Uh anyway, um he then proceeded uh, to kind of describe the the last hole. He said, You hit a perfect T ball Yeah, I hit a perfect T ball and my second shot if it stopped six inches shorter I like, I uh, my two putt to win the tournament. Yeah. The third the third shot that went when uh you know, he said you hit hit the shot that wouldn't lose you in the tournament meaning I putted the ball rather than chipped the ball and that was you know that was uh coming from you know anyway uh, coming from jack knowing the situation knowing you know, how he played the game as far as the risk reward he was the best at that. Uh he, uh, uh he 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 kind of he relieved me somewhat because I got in the press room they and one of you know they asked me a couple of times why didn't I Chipped the ball rather than put the ball, and I said the very same thing that Jack said. And I felt I like could uh, I could get the ball close with the putter, and you know, it was the right shot. Yeah. And then he said, "Yeah." You know, then onto the putt, he said, "And you hit the putt like the rest of us would have hit it, you dog." <laughs> <laughs> well, you you hit and that cracked me up. Yeah. You know, that was. Uh, you know here here's the greatest players I've ever played. And he he uh, he. he Calls to console me uh, as a friend. We are friends, but at the moment that uh, he knew I needed him, and uh, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a great memory.
2: So uh, there's a heck of a lesson in there about friendship and how to carry yourself in the face of disappointment. That's that's good stuff. How
0: did how did you feel over that putt relative to let's say you know coming down the stretch when you won your first in seventy uh, five?
1: Well, I remember my thought process. I said, "Well, you've been putting well the whole week. Uh, you know, take uh, you, know, you know this is going in. You know, this is going to go in. And uh, take." Your, uh, I didn't change my routine at all. I didn't second guess myself. But I tried, tried to play a straight putt, and uh, I just, I, I just decelerated into it. It was just, it was an awful putt.
0: Well, you had that. Um, you had the whole world cheering for you, and I think probably Stuart Sink deep down might have been cheering for you as well. So.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, as I said, uh, the one good thing about the whole thing is that over the over the course of the next you know, several of uh, the months, uh, I received letters, uh, emails from people I'm, I've never knew. And uh, many of the emails were from people of the older age who said, You know, Tom, I gave up because I thought I was too old to do something, and uh, you give me the inspiration not to give up. And that was, that was a pretty consistent theme of the, of the, of the responses that I've from these wonderful people all over the country and the world.
0: Is that, is that in your opinion, one of the best things about, about your game, about the game of golf?
1: In uh, you know, what matter? And just yeah.
0: golfers, you know, friendships, and and also people can be played into their seventies, eighties, even nineties. Um, well,
1: indeed it is because uh, you know they, I, I have a friend, uh, uh, a good friend who just turned eighty, and uh, he says he he works out three times a week, and he uh, he's now playing fourth of the four And I said, go for it, keep mm-hmm. it, keep going, never surrender. Keep going and playing the game, uh, because it's, it's the game of a lifetime. Uh, it doesn't matter how far you hit it, what you score. It's just a matter of uh, you know, getting out there and and, uh, and and having fun doing something that uh, uh it, you know, it, you know, gets your mind off other of things in life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what I what I preach to a lot of the beginners or people that come to me is I say, hey, go go out and tee it forward, make the game fun. It's it's too hard to. To go to the back tees and, and try to try to challenge yourself, so that's kind of one thing I'm al- I'm always preaching, and I know that you're a fan of that as well.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I hate mean, to see you know older people who uh, uh, won't play the forward tees uh, because if, for whatever reason, and they're not enjoying it because they're just they're hitting the uh, you know they're hitting the driver ten yards, and then they hit another uh, you know whatever fairway wood or a hybrid, and they hit another. 100 yards, they actually hit the fairly. was longer than the driver. And, uh, and they hit another one, and then they may get close enough to green to put an iron shot on the four-shot. You know, four and you know, it can't be, you know, it's not a lot of fun to hit, uh, you know, 30 hybrids or 33 woods during a round of golf. That's like going to the practice team practicing under three wood.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
2: If we can, Mr. Watson, I'd like to take you back to a time where you were hitting one irons all over Pebble Beach. Uh, the image that's lasting from that tournament is the chip-in on the 71st hole. And one of the things that I really wanted to ask you about that, that I think sometimes when the story gets retold today gets a little lost is that chip-in gave you a one-stroke lead going into one of the toughest tee balls there is. U.S. Open on a not-great day, uh, 72nd hole at Pebble Beach. What's it like, the the rush of watching that ball go in, and then knowing you've got to tee off that hole with a one-stroke lead over Jack Nicklaus.
1: Well, first of all, I wasn't thinking about teeing off on the 18th hole until after things were completed on the 17th hole. You never get a, you never get that far ahead. But, you know, as soon as I, uh, I I hold it, ran halfway to Japan, pointed back at my caddy Bruce, who I kind of smugly said, "I'm not going to get a, get a close hell, I'm going to hold it." Uh, <laughs> I pointed at MZC. I told you so. <laughs> Uh, then my my next thought was okay, let's get prepared to uh, hit the tee shot at 18. And you're right, it's it's a tough tee shot. You've got water to the left and you've got out of bounds to the right. And uh, um, instead of hitting a driver, which I was hitting well all day, I, I decided to hit the three wood and, and I hit that as far as my driver. I was so pumped and uh, I laid up with a seven iron uh, and and uh, then hit a hit a nine iron to the green of the wind. And, and he uh, had a putt a little too hard, but uh, he went in, and, and uh, I won the tournament I wanted to win most. And that was uh, the so open. It was on Father's Day, as there always is the U.S. Open finish on Sunday. And uh, I, I, one of the most uh, joyous times of my life is to be able to call my dad and say, Dad, I did it. That's and incredible. We did it. And uh, it, his first response is why in the hell didn't you like that putt? <laughs> 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 and I said, well, it would have gone six inches by And he said, B.S. <laughs> yeah. well,
2: I've never done it on this, this scale that you did, but I've said before mentally one of the toughest things is is playing with a lead and, and closing out a golf tournament when you have a chance to win. Uh, to do that on that setting, um, when did you – when did you let your mind wander a bit? Was it only when the last putt went in, or walking up to the green did you start to think about it? How tough is that? Corralling your mind in that moment?
1: It's it's not it's not tough at all because that's what I, you know that's 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 what I temper, tempered myself through all the years of competitive golf up until that point. Uh, uh, early on, I had a hard time with the pressure, but I I, I learned how to. To live with it and make decisions under under the pressure, and I think and and make swings under the pressure, and you have to do that. You have to learn how to to, to, to play under pressure, and that's what I tell kids. And I tell anybody, but especially kids. Uh, it's the same thing that Arnold Palmer told uh, told my dad when, when I finished I, I finished the round. I played an exhibition with him when I was 15 years old at Brookridge Country Club with Stan Thurst and Bill Knapp, and, and, and Arnie. And, and in the shower in the shower room afterwards, Dad, uh, <laughs> Arnie had a towel wrapped around him. And, and he said, Arnie, what one thing was, it would, it would help my son play better golf? And he said, without missing a said, have him play in as much competition as he can. And I told that to all the kids. And I think that's really, you know, if you, deem, you, know, if you really want to uh, – uh, be a competitive golfer you have to play in a lot of competition and, and it, it, that's the way you 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 inner yourself you your nerves uh, you know, to be able to, to think and as I said uh, perform under pressure and you just can't just go you know throw yourself into that because it's an unknown uh, as you know, as it always is like when I first started the tour you know when I had the chance to win the golf tournament or was in the lead you know I, I, I want to I wanted to get it over with fast because of the pressure. And and as a result, it made me go faster. Yep. And I learned that going faster caused problems, caused my swing problems, and caused caused me to not be able to perform. And I learned to slow it down uh, by taking a little slower step, breathing deeper physically. And uh, as a result, uh, I had to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I got in enough. I got in the in, in the hunt enough times. You know, I finally won the Western Open, and then I won again, and then I won again um, at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the British Open in '75. And, and in a, a year of not winning in '76, I struggled with my game, and then I made an adjustment in my swing. And '77 uh, was it was off to the races. I really uh, learned to. Uh, that I I could trust my golf swing, but being able to trust your golf swing and under the pressure, that's where I wanted to get to, and I finally got to it in 77, and for a period of years, uh, 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 I ran the tables. Did you beat
0: more balls, and did you hit more balls during that year or two, year year and a half, and and how instrumental was Stan in helping you Kind of own your your golf swing. I know you referenced how you used to be a crooked driver, of the ball coming out of Stanford. Um, how how influ- how influential was Stan in that process?
1: Well, Stan was always there. He was always there to help me. He helped me a lot, so many different ways. Just being uh, just being Stan, uh, one of the finest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, uh, you know, he could really play, and he loved the game of the fashion. And, it's just like my dad. He, my dad could really play as an amateur and love the game with the passion. So, you know, that passion has a lot more to do with technique, you know, the passion to succeed, the passion not to uh, ever give up, the passion to uh, and never, um, you, know, you know, always strive for the best possible shots you can possibly get. My dad, I remember when I was growing up, if I hit a shot close to the hole and I hit it on the on the toe or the heel, you can hear it. Uh, he said, "Yeah, uh, he hit it in the toe. or you hit it in the heel?" So if I hit a flush shot, the one you could also hear, and I hit it close, he said, "Fine shot, son." <laughs> and that you know, that, uh, you know uh, he uh, he didn't suffer fools gladly, and he didn't suffer mishit shots gladly. And as a result, oh, I, I learned to uh, I, I hit the ball very solidly close face. It was one of the reasons I played well
0: in the win. I didn't
1: hit the ball low, but mm-hmm. I hit the ball solid. And when you hit the ball solid, you can judge pretty much how far it's going to go. And uh, uh, that uh, uh, and it, <laughs> it proved to be very instrumental in a lot of the tournaments that I won.
0: That's awesome. So shifting gears a little bit, I know we're kind of all over the place and being cognizant of your time. Uh, who do you like for the Masters coming up this week and kind of what are you seeing? I know the ch- course hasn't changed much. They linked in five, but who do you well, like?
1: I, my my pick is Rory McIlroy. I think that uh, he's he's in he's in good form right now, and he's I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there in the end. And uh, he at yeah uh, you know, you know it, at the Masters you have to have uh, you have to putt well, and uh, and one of the things that Rory is. is hasn't done particularly well in recent years is putt really run the tables you know putt well and uh, but he has the type of game uh that can uh, compensate for not putting uh not putting great and and putting you know just putting you know putting a little bit more than average i think he can win on that golf course playing that way and because he has he, he can dominate the golf course uh, he has the ball very high, which is important uh, uh, coming into those greens, and, and uh, he certainly's had the opportunities to win there and uh, and not done it. So he knows he knows what's there. He knows how to play the golf course, and uh, I, I give him the nod.
2: Is there any pre-game or side event better than the Champions Dinner? And do you know what Patrick Reed's got on the menu
1: yet? <laughs> well, yeah, Patrick. I think he, he's already made it public. I think he's got um, I think steak, chicken, and fish. I think he's, he, he said it's just whatever, whatever he'd like. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I won, we didn't have a choice. We, had, we basically had steak or chicken, basically. So it was on the menu. We didn't, uh, we, you know, we did have a choice of wine. What, what, wines, what wine would you have? And uh, they basically said, well, would this wine, be acceptable? I'm not sure. Um, it was a it was a Bordeaux, it was a first growth, but it wasn't uh, Latour, Lafitte, or anything like that. But it was a it was a fine wine that they served. Of course, it's gotten a lot a lot bigger. Uh, you know, like, yeah, they're over 30, 30 champions now that stand at dinner, uh, and uh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun the last few years. Uh, the stories uh, starting to uh, they're starting to. Uh, evolve a little bit more uh, at the dinner table, telling stories. We had a great two years ago. We had a great uh, 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 dinner at the end there and uh, gave homage to uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, it, was a, it was it was sobering, and sad, that uh, it was you know they had uh, Bob Golby and Doug Ford uh, uh, and Jack, and they all they all spoke of uh, Varney. It was really it was really special. Yeah. Wow, uh, but uh, you know, again, you know the, the Masters is a, is a unique tournament. It uh, uh, is played on the same course every year, which makes it unique uh, from all the other major championships, which you know, they rotate courses. So yeah, you know what you're going to get. The fans, you know, you know from the press, you know what holes are. Um, you, you know how people play the holes. You know what's upcoming. You know after, you know. Uh, you know, after 15, uh, the 16th hole, the par three, the three holes in one a couple of years ago, you know all these stories, and because it played in the same golf course every and the fans know them, known as well. That's why it uh, has such great interest to it. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, when I grew up, I never played golf until around the Masters time. Uh, I was, you know, uh, I, I stopped playing golf the first of September. Didn't touch a club until uh, around Masters time.
0: Yeah, I think for, that's... For six months. And, that's weather-induced and,
1: to some extent here. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, yeah, but no, it was actually sports-induced. I played football and basketball and, and uh, uh, you know, I really didn't have much interest in golf in the, you know, at all after after playing golf in the summer. So, But, um, you know, it was, it's, it's always the harbinger of spring. Uh, you know, in the Masters golf tournament is really special.
0: That's awesome. Okay, well, being cognizant of your time, we're going to wrap this up with the um, the emergency nine with Tom Watson, brought to you by Sheridan's Unforked, Eating Good and Feeling Good. Um, are you ready, Mister Watson? All right. <laughs> Tom Kite told me no, he wasn't ready last week. So, <laughs> uh, okay, who is on the bag for the par three event this week?
1: Clay uh, Page Watson, aka Cherry. She's a singer-songwriter. She's my stepdaughter.
0: Awesome. Side question: How is she doing? How's the career going?
1: Uh, it could be going better, but I have a hundred percent belief that she's going to make it. She is really good.
2: Best ball striker you ever played with, other than yourself.
1: Best ball striker is um, Byron Nelson.
0: I think that's what Kite said too. Best short game that you've ever who you've ever played with.
1: Uh, Seve, Seve Ballesteros.
2: Will Tiger be in the hunt come Sunday?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Will Tiger get to Jack's record?
2: Uh, no. It's getting tougher and tougher. What's your favorite golf course in the world? And a follow-up, what's your favorite track here in KC? Uh,
1: My favorite golf course is Pebble Beach, uh, for a lot of reasons, and, in KC, it's uh, I have to say my old my old home course, Kansas City Country Club.
0: That's a great, I love that track. It's a great track. What's your favorite course that you've designed?
1: Well, my favorite course—that's uh, a hard one because you know I, I, uh, I I've got. Let me answer it twice. I I really really like the the National Golf Links I did up uh, in in Parkville. I really like the way that came out. And, of course, in South Carolina called uh, Cacique. Um, and that, uh, that's, that's
0: another good one. Cacique, that's awesome.
2: We'll put Lock Lloyd down as your third favorite.
1: <laughs>
0: Jordan lives out there. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> well, your... I, you,
1: know, you put me on the spot, and, and, and you get, you're getting, you know, when you're, these types of questions just get half the audience you know, upset <laughs> and the other half, oh yeah, I understand.
0: No, it's it's great. It's great. Okay, what figures in the game should come on this enjoyable show, assuming that you've enjoyed your time today?
1: i say it again, I'm sorry?
0: What, what golf figures should come on this show that would enjoy coming on this show? Farity. Farity. <laughs> all right, perfect. All right, last
2: question, Mr. Watson, of all the Quirky rule changes that are being implemented this year. Which one is your least favorite?
1: Uh, dropping the ball from knee height. Come on. <laughs> that is everybody's choice. That's
0: it, stupid. Tom, it makes a bunch Come of on. really good athletes look really unathletic when they're dropping Come it from on. their knee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any difference for the, you know, if you just extend your arm straight down and just drop it from there. I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we really appreciate your time. I'm, I'm a couple minutes over. I apologize, but um, we really appreciate you coming on the show, so I'm Tom. glad
1: to be on the show. It was a
2: lot of fun. Yes, thank you, thank Mr. You. Watson. Best of luck to your family and your wife specifically.
1: I appreciate it very much.
0: All right, we're going to take it to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit more on Masters Preview, and we're going to talk a little follow-up from our, from our venture down to, uh, to Austin for the World Golf Championship. You're listening on ESPN Radio.
2: All right, welcome back golf underground espn radio uh, i want to remind you guys uh masters coverage this week on espn kansas city 94.5 thursday and friday you can listen to the play-by-play from 1 p.m to 6 p.m and on 8 10 a.m saturday and sunday live throughout the coverage
0: so so let's dive in a little bit a little review of 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 our trip down there and um and again, um, we we got to see the likes of, uh, of of the past champ Kevin Kisner down in Austin. We ac- actually got to walk a practice round with him, um, inside the ropes with him and Gary. So that was pretty neat. And uh,
2: <laughs> was there ever a guy that relishes match play more than him?
0: He he loves match play and he loves making putts. Uh, on a, he loves making putts um, under under the gun. So he he had some great quotes. And um, and and you know, there's not a better guy out there in terms of just smack talking he had he had woodland going (laughs) on one of the holes he had a he had a he was betting with one of the fans there was about 15 of us following that group and he was betting with one of the fans trying to trying to get some action going between him and gary and so him and gary hit it one guy uh kids hit it up to about 14 feet and gary hit it to about 17 so he had the fan come come out from under the ropes and and walk it off for him and then and then I proceeded to give Gary some grief on a bad shot that he hit. And he said, hey, if you're going <laughs> to if you're going to be uh, talking some smack to my playing competitor, then I want you inside the rope. So so come on up for an up close seat. So that was pretty neat. He's got a great golf swing. And um, and what a what a good old boy. I mean, that's just exemplifies a good old boy from from uh, South Carolina that he's just he's just. One of one of us or one of the guys. Well,
2: you know, that golf course has yielded victories to Bombers in the previous four years that I think it had been there. Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson. And, uh, you know, the weather was not good. And Kisner's not a long hitter of the ball. And I think it goes to what some of what Tom Watson was saying just earlier. When you have that kind of mental toughness and that grit, uh, it, certainly he overcame his lack of length with that grittiness on the greens and that kind of t- t- tough attitude going up against guys bombing at 40 yards by you and you just putting them to death.
0: Yeah, I was listening to one of Kisner's interviews, and he says, he says does Dustin or these big bombers intimidate you? And he said, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm playing golf for a living. And, and the guy just has the mentality that you know he's going to play to his strengths and what he does well. Which is, you know, drives it extremely straight. He didn't miss one when I was watching, and then and then he clearly wedges it really nice, and obviously puts puts the uh, eyes out of it. So if you can do that, clearly you can compete on any level.
2: You know, it's weird. I feel like most of the time, really good putters don't putt with those huge mallet putters, and and he is the exception to that rule.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that the guy just he's just got it. So, um, all right, so. So moving forward, let's talk a little bit about Masters. We're, we got Masters here in, in three days. Who do you like, Jordo?
2: So, I was in uh, Vegas last year and put down twenty or forty bucks. I can't remember on a gentleman named Patrick Reed, and that paid off pretty heavy. He was going at forty to one. Was in Vegas a couple yeah. weeks ago. Same odds at forty to one again. So,
0: so you're gonna take him again?
2: I took him again, rooting got, for my guy.
0: I've got Rory. I'm going to take Rory. I'm going to side with Mr. Watson. I mean, you can't go can't go wrong with you know Mr. Watson what what he thinks and, and his insights. So,
2: well as that ballpark gets bigger and bigger, uh, as far as Rory hits it and he can hit a draw, uh, I like his chances pretty good too. It, it just as Mr. Watson said, I, to, to me Rory, it's all about getting that putter going. If he can putt, uh, he might run away with it.
0: Well, one thing I've noticed is all the putts, when he does miss, he misses right. And so kind of what Tom was saying in the uh, it, it, at the outset of the show with kind of releasing that putter more open to closed screen door approach. I think that, you know, Rory putts with that mallet, like you said, and then I, I just think he could throw in a little bit more release of that putter, but... Again, he's he's top five in the world, so whatever he's Why doing. Why don't we get him in. in the stable? Well, let's, it's up from here, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's get that thing released. Why or. don't
2: you start your relationship with Rory by telling him everything he's doing wrong?
0: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that hopefully. Do you think that uh, his his loss to Tiger down at the Match Play is going to hurt him?
2: I think that there's some mental obstacles to overcome. It's it's one thing to go out and lose. It's another when you feel like you gave it away. And he played pretty good all day and then made a mess of a par five from a pitching wedge in. He hit a tee ball 395 yards, clipped Tiger by... Tiger's plugged in a bunker, 80 back. And uh, Rory, I don't think he even putted out. Picked up for double and, and they shook hands. I, You know, he's obviously a mentally tough guy. He's won majors before. He's one on the biggest stages. But that sting coming so soon leading into a major... He'll have some mental hurdles to, to juggle. There's no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think I think that he'll be fine. But again, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him as, as the as the guy to win. And then I'm I gotta throw I gotta throw Gary Woodland in. You know, I'm not I'm not Homer. attending. Not attending this year. Um, he's missed the cut in the last two years, and I think he's due for for a good week. Um,
2: he holds some nice putts down in Austin. Um, that's what you gotta have going into a, to Augusta with those tough
0: greens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So who who else do you think will will show up down there?
2: So there was a tour player a couple years ago that said when you show up at a guess there's only 20 guys that can win. Now, Mr. Watson probably wouldn't agree with that take as far as the mental toughness. <laughs> Wasn't stuff. that Kiz was, that said that? Well, I didn't want to name names. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think you're looking at the bombers for the most part. Um, one thing I'm rooting against, if uh, Adam Scott has a tap-in to win the tournament, I want him to pull the flagstick.
0: <laughs> i don't think it's gonna happen i think he likes his routine of of not I'll pulling come up
2: for an iconic photo you're gonna have <laughs> the yellow flag stick sticking out of the ground if he's got a three shot lead i think you go ahead and pull it
0: <laughs> i don't know okay here we go i'm gonna actually reverse engineer this and i'm gonna ask you some e9 questions similar to what mr watson just right. endured okay favorite track other than lock lloyd and kc milburn milburn great 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 golf course a lot of character um will tiger get to jack's record no but i am rooting like hell for it best ball striker you have ever seen in the amateur ranks
1: Oh,
2: john troutman
0: oh i knew it. you're john troutman i knew you were gonna say that i had a feeling about this who's gonna win the par three event down at augusta this week
2: well, Pat Reed's going to repeat on the big tournament. So, I'm going to go with Tom Watson to repeat on the part 3. Nobody wants to nobody wants to unseat Tom Watson. Ex- so,
0: exactly. If you were to get invited to Augusta to go play around tomorrow, what three friends are you bringing?
2: Um My dad for sure. Um I might auction off the last two spots. I got to make some
0: I got to make a car payment. <laughs> Of all the questionable rule changes this this year, which one do you dislike the, the most?
2: All right, so I'm going to take a different angle. Everybody says the, uh, the drop in the ball from the knees. I'm going with putting with the flag stick in. So the idea was to speed up pace of play, especially within the amateur ranks. I think it's going to go the wrong direction. Now you're going to have every guy hitting a 10-footer. Ah, I want it out. Ah, put it back in. Uh, it just reeks of becoming a debacle, and yeah. it looks ugly.
0: I think it just like flat-out slows down play. Just flat out slows down play. Okay, we're gonna take a commercial break. By the way, that segment was brought to you. Uh, the lesson tee was brought to you by Midwest Golf Simulators. My good friend, um, my f- good friend Dave Lapine. He actually just put in a little putting green uh, for, for us today. As the snow is now thawed and you As, go out and hack it and can't yeah, play. Exactly. Let's so, get a simulator teed up for next year, huh? Let's get a simulator teed up. Okay, we're gonna come back. Uh, you're
1: listening to ESPN Radio on fifteen ten.
0: Okay, welcome back. You're listening to ESPN Radio, Golf Underground. Guess where we are? We're in the 19th hole brought to you by BCI Bowen Homes. Um, one thing that uh, one thing that I like to talk about in the 19th hole is some things that we either encountered in the show and uh, or didn't encounter in the show. And so one, a couple of things we missed today with, uh, with Tom Watson was, was um, the Watson Challenge. The Watson Challenge is an event here in Kansas City that is comprised of of uh not only amateurs, club pros, and then they throw in a couple sponsors exemptions. It's something that Tom's done a, a great job here in Kansas City getting community involvement. Um that that's actually coming up this summer. I believe it is at Milburn this year. No. Where is it this year?
2: I can't remember. I get lost in the rotation.
0: Well it's it's somewhere.
2: It's somewhere nice. <laughs> uh no it's a it's a really cool tournament that that Tom started Twelve years ago, uh, I know you played in the first one. I was a caddy in the in the first Watson Challenge, and it's it benefits the first tee of Kansas City. Um, if you're a high level amateur or a club pro in Kansas City, it's it's a real point of pride to be involved or or play in that tournament. And to be his namesake event, the fact that he's played in it so much, won in it so many times, uh, it, it's really become a staple of the Kansas City golf community.
0: What, uh, what exactly in terms of the Watson challenge, what what do you do you go out and watch or what what's what can the casual fan do?
2: Is that an insult because you're saying I can't play in it? No, I
0: think you should play. <laughs> Why don't you qualify this year?
2: Uh, well, the insult was probably correct. I'm probably not good enough to play anymore.
0: Two young kids are probably getting in the way of all that.
2: No, so it, it's great watching because uh, unlike a, a pro event where it's a little tough to get around the golf course, uh, you're waiting to get to and from different places. The Watson Challenge, you can go out and watch and get up close and personal with the action. And, and you're watching guys hit golf shots that mean an incredible amount to those people playing. And y- you want to watch somebody hit a shot that they care about in in a really cool golf environment. Uh, the Watson Challenge is a great place to go do it.
0: So what has what Tom Watson meant for you and your upbringing here in Kansas City and, and living and seeing watching a legend play golf
2: so i didn't pick up the game till i was 16 and uh played every day for two years and got good enough to be somewhat involved in the kansas city golf community so i'm caddying in the first watson challenge just got done looping for my guy had a tough day sitting in the uh, hospitality tent having lunch and there's nobody in the tent i'm just quietly eating a sandwich and uh 100 open seats, and uh, Mr. Watson sits down right next to me, 17 years old, and talked to me about junior golf, competitive golf, pretty much everything he wanted to know about me. And uh, it's one of those things that when that happens, that sticks with you forever. And uh, what what Tom has meant to me through that experience, his tournament, and then almost getting to go back and relive – Uh, The incredible career that he had before I even knew about it uh, has really colored in what a legend he is to the game of golf and more importantly to us here in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, yeah. One thing also we did not cover, and I I wanted to bring this up and we kind of ran out of time, but your thoughts on – the Ryder Cup, and when, when Tom or any other captains, do you think it's it falls on the captain when when the Americans haven't played well in your past? Or are you more of the mindset, look, these guys are all professionals. If they get the a decent pairing, it's on them, and they should go out and perform.
2: Well, Tom talked about how mentally tough you have to be to succeed in high-level competitive golf. And when I hear guys complain about the Ryder Cup pairings, to me, it's max of uh, placing blame where it shouldn't. I think when the guys win, the players get all the credit. And when they lose, it's always the caddy getting dogged. And 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 maybe that's the maybe that's the captain's role, right? Is to take the slings and arrows for the players. But I I think if you're already one of the world's best because you're playing in this deal and you're getting paired with another one of the world's best, uh, if you don't play well, I mean, you got to. You gotta own it a little bit.
1: Do
0: the Europeans just have more fun with this event? What? Why do Why do they keep beating us?
2: I don't know. Well, I was gonna. Certainly, you've played a lot of match play, and so have I. It's a different mindset that when you're playing stroke play. Maybe they're more suited to match play, like Sergio, famously throughout his career, not a great putter. You get him in the Ryder Cup, he makes everything. I think it's a, I think it's a mental approach thing that maybe they're just more wired for.
0: Yeah. Well, we had, uh, when we had Chuck cook on the show, you know, we were talking a little bit about they They just drive the ball or actually it was Tom kite. Tom kite mentioned that the Europeans just drive the ball cro- straight, you know, and, and kind of how the golf courses are set up here. When we were over at uh Glen Eagles, I mean, these guys are driving it. The Americans are driving it crooked. And, and that's kind of how the golf courses are set up here in the, in the States is, is they can drive the ball crooked. It's made, made for bombers you know, the TV, the tour wants to see the bombers and and them hitting drivers. And so I think that plays into it a little bit. That was just a golf course that, you know, a guy like Kevin Kisner probably would have played well on.
2: Yeah. I think we should see more of that on tour. Um, I don't know if they're going to dial back the ball or the clubs eventually, but I would like to see creativity rewarded on the golf course a little bit more. And you're right. The Americans mostly filled out that Ryder Cup team are bombers and the Europeans to their credit they set up a golf course we couldn't play and I think if you picked the Ryder Cup team to go to that course it would probably look different than the top 12 players that got selected just because you need guys that can putt it you need guys that can be creative um, and you know the official world golf rankings top 10, it's mostly bombers it's, it's not a lot of creative guys
0: so what, um, jumping back to Mr. Watson, what's your favorite Mr. Mister Watson story?
2: Well, my favorite was him sitting down for me or sitting down with me at lunch at that first Watson challenge. What about um, first,
0: what about favorite memory of watching him play?
2: Oh, it has to be that 09 British open. And I know just as he said, uh, Jack Nicholas told him on the phone, I felt like he hit the shot to win the tournament. I mean, he flagged that eight iron and it took a real hard bounce, um, nobody was rooting for uh stewart sink i'm mean, only his parents maybe the whole world was rooting for tom uh, <laughs> that was one of the that, that that is the top memory for me of uh mr watson just because i get to watch it live it's different than watching the old clips on youtube
0: yeah i'd I'd have to say mine would be the uh the chip in at pebble and just that oh that rerunning of time and time again seeing him celebrate um on the on the 17th there at Pebble and then and then being able to close it out that's just it's just pretty pretty darn cool so
2: now you've played in a Watson Challenger I've played a in couple? yeah
0: a couple three three or four yeah
2: tell me something about watching him hit balls on the range or on the putting clock or uh, give me a good tom story inside the rope at that event
0: yeah so i think one thing that he does differently than everybody else and i still haven't adopted this and i probably never will <laughs> is Maybe that's He's, why you don't have eight majors. Exactly, I might try that this year here. <laughs> uh, he starts warming up with a three iron, um, and then works backwards through the bag. Um, he just says, "All right," he, he just starts making little half swings with his three iron or or, or a long iron, and I, that's that's something that I saw. And I would just say the number one thing I see is he swings within himself, or the, the tempo is, is just so unique and and fluid. Um, is it the most picture perfect golf swing no but you know what the guy has played well for for gener- decade after decade after decade and so i think you know he's still supple and still can hit it plenty far i know he would argue that but um he, he can move it plenty hard
2: you don't like warming up starting out with the butter knife <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a little different i do it do you yeah See,
2: it's one of my favorite golf stories ever of me personally i was playing in a uh, national tournament in college and uh Maybe overindulged the night before It's practice round. Shocking. Shocking. So we're on a practice tee. Everybody's all fitted and looking good, and I'm coming out trying to knock off the rust, pull out the four, and uh, catch it right in the teeth, as you would expect. And I nail a flagstick in one of those, <laughs> like, short chipping greens 30 yards in front of the tee. It sounded like somebody hit a gong, <laughs> right? Everybody's looking up and down the line. Who in the world just hit that shot?
0: Yeah. That's pre- that's pretty darn good. I don't well, think I'm,
2: Tom probably ever did that with his three.
0: No. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> looks like I've got something to work on. I'm gonna start warming up with my three iron. But uh, you know, I, I've just been trying to actually do the stretching before. But now I'm gonna have tip to balls too. So you're adding you're adding stuff to my agenda before I go play. This is a lot to do. Okay. Hey, we
2: missed our boy Sully today.
0: Miss Sully. Too bad. So, Sully's. Uh, him and the eye patch are on the way to Chicago for, for a meeting, so he, he couldn't join us in the in the studio today. But we thought we'd take it down with uh, Hall of Fame golfer uh, Mister Tom Watson again. Another great show here on, on ESPN Radio with Giordo and Wardo, uh, and we're gonna come back we're gonna come back next week with some, some even more even more great guests. So again, you're listening to Golf Underground on ESPN Radio.